0: And we're live. Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin uh, as I am solo and rolling through a few of the themes from this media day. This is not the lounge uh, and the way this is going to work, I am going to go through these themes. I have four themes basically from the uh, media day that I watched today and then I will take questions uh, depending on the amount of time that we have left there at the show. So if you have any questions that you want, uh, on, on the show, covered on the show, a, send them in the form of a five-star review to iTunes, um, or B leave them in the comments here. And I'll scroll through those comments really quickly there at the very end of the show. Uh, but yeah, today's show is going to be all media day. It's going to be talking points. It's going to be comparisons to other media days that were held across the league. Um, it was a good day. It was a good day to be a Laker fan. I'm going to start with my first theme being how quiet it was. It was. It was calm. It was relaxing. It was. It was. You know, you look at uh, Philadelphia where James Harden just doesn't show up, decides he doesn't want to talk, uh, and might get fined for it as he continues to push for a trade. Uh, you look at Miami where. Kyle Lowry was there but didn't want to talk to the press which all right that feels like a bit of a tell with how things are going over there. Uh Jimmy Butler tried to kind of over, you know, uh, be the the bigger story here for for that situation and um you know with the meme, with the emo haircut and all that stuff but yeah, it's pretty clear that the, the Miami organization is kind of stinging a little bit with how things played out with Damian Lillard, who is now a Milwaukee Buck. Um, and then you compare it to the previous uh, media days that the Lakers had the last couple. The first one where Russell Westbrook is is introduced and there was some excitement with, with what that might look like. But I just remember watching that whole thing play out like, oh, this feels awkward. Remember, that was the one also where Anthony Anthony Davis went behind, like, uh, DeAndre Jordan's back and said, like, oh, man, I'm so happy that Rob, Ra- or no, maybe he said to Rob Palenka or he said to DeAndre Ayton, either way, uh, I'm so glad you're here, which kind of signaled that DeAndre Ayton, no, not uh, DeAndre Jordan, sorry, was going to start, and you're looking at a starting lineup of, like, Russell Westbrook, who couldn't shoot, and... Patrick Beverly? No, that, that was a weird year where they either had people who couldn't shoot or people who could shoot and do nothing else other than that. Um, but that was, that was two years ago. And then last year, uh, the media day that we went through was, I can't believe Russ is still here. I cannot believe that they are actually going to do this. And everybody there at media day knew how awkward it felt. Everybody there at media day, including Russ, by the way, was like, "Yep. Yeah, we're doing this. We sure are excited. Yeah, sure. We have like 15 guys who are all 63 and under. This is going to work out well. And uh this year though, you look at it and it was a, a roster that makes sense. It was a lot of guys like feeling confident in that roster and and in this organization. It was um LeBron James and Anthony Davis both like being really excited to work with some continuity going into next year, something that they hadn't had really to this point in their, in their Lakers 10 years. And yeah, that was my first takeaway before I get to the specifics and some of the stuff that, that specific guys were saying, it was just nice to laugh at spectrum being overly chummy with players because they can. And it was nice to see the, the, the team just kind of slip into the season, right? Not, not last year's media day. I remember you walked into media day and and everybody who was there was just kind of like treating it like, remember when you were a kid or even sometimes you do this as an adult where you walk into a, a dark room where you know you're not in actual danger. You're n- there's nothing going on there, but then your brain starts playing tricks on you, and every little sound you hear in that room, you know, every little quote that, yeah, I wish I felt better about this. You know, like it, 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 that's what last year's Media Day felt like, where every single quote that didn't quite sound just right, every single lineup. Proclamation or, or, or proposition? Are we sure? Are we sure that this is gonna go well? And then you look, and it's like the 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 the, the march of the, the Munchkin men that are walking into the into these pictures and stuff. You're like, man, that's a lot of guards. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of guards. It's a lot of really small people in a sport where like size really matters. This year, though, you look at it, and you got all right. There's a balanced guard rotation. There's a There's a balanced wing rotation. There's a versatile big rotation. Roster looks pretty good. Could be, you know, could be different. I don't know if it could have been better. I think this is about as good a roster as the Lakers could have realistically put together heading into the season. And most importantly, everybody is bought into, yeah, last year we somehow got to the Western Conference Finals with, like, 15 minutes having played together before we got into the playoffs we waxed the the Memphis Grizzlies and we waxed the 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 Golden State Warriors and then yeah we ran into the buzz saw that was the the Denver Nuggets but that's that's definitely something to build off of and and it was just nice to see everybody kind of collectively say yeah yeah this makes sense And that leads to the second part of this. Uh, the second theme that I noticed was this is a very confident group, and not arrogant, not it didn't feel uh, overcompensatory either. It was just like this quiet calm that, yeah, let's let's get going, you know. And and it made me like as I was watching and as I was taking my notes and as I was uh, kind of looking at 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 you know what was going on around the league I was like, man Saturday cannot get here quickly enough and and look I I know that we're very spoiled as Lakers fans and I'll and, and and I'll be the first to say it as I am one of the most spoiled Lakers fans out there but but it it feels so refreshing to look ahead to Saturday not like again not like walk into that dark room with your brain playing tricks on you no this is full-on. I cannot wait to see this thing in practice. And, um, and 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 I think that sentiment was not just shared but I anybody who was watching it and anybody who was looking at those quotes on Twitter and on social media and the clips on Twitter and social media and the radio TV everybody who was watching that saying oh they're psyched too. They're pumped too and and i thought to me the the most kind of telling quote as it pertains to this quiet confidence was ad telling the spectrum gang yeah we heard we heard denver talk their shit all all summer yeah i was happy for kcp and and, and yeah you got this one all right and and not to like begrudge them for talking you win you get to talk your shit that's how this works but what I really liked about AD's quote was like, "Yeah, we heard it, we we filed it away, and maybe it will matter. Maybe maybe Denver's just better again, maybe. But the fact that the Lakers a took note of all of that noise, and b are willing to admit, yeah, yeah, we we heard, we're right there with you. That to me is is very exciting because um, a lot of times. When something that go, like that goes down, and the team isn't necessarily very confident, the 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 quotes that you get from that is like, "Yeah, we heard, but you know they won, and you know just we, I guess we'll just have to see what it looks like on the court." But no, the AD was very confident in saying, "Yeah, all right, all right, we'll see you in a little bit," and and that that made me like of all the time, all the, and there was a lot of moments, right. LeBron talking about how excited he is to play with the roster that, like, it, it, there's some carryover from last year to this year. Like, hearing him acknowledge the value in that carryover and that continuity, uh, he, he kept mentioning camaraderie, too. AD mentioning that, like, this year, or no, I think it was D'Angelo Russell. No, it was AD uh, who said this year how already heading into camp, you have a lot more guys that are, like, going out and having dinner, get, dinner together and that this— group feels a lot closer than last year and to have the two leaders of the team understand the value there we'll talk about continuity here in a bit but but the confidence the confidence to say like yeah we we fucking heard yeah congrats you won your championship but we heard and mike malone like all right man we live and free in your, in in your entire parade cool let's let's see what this looks like when we get out onto the court i really enjoyed that i really because the thing about the thing about professional sports and just sports in general especially with how analytical this stuff has gotten is um there's this shift towards you know with with so many things that we can define and so many stats that we can just like lay out and say like well this combination works better than the other one and this shot is worth more than another one, and, and all this stuff, right? Um, as we have gone further and further into this analytic, uh, analytical revolution, the stuff that we can't define, we tend to ignore. And the intangible stuff, right? That fire in your belly kind of stuff. Um, it, because we don't necessarily, we can't define, we can't assign a value to that stuff, we just kind of ignore it. We just kind of laugh at it, right? And especially that that community really kind of laughs at the idea of momentum. Not because it doesn't exist, but because they can't define it. And I think in this case, the fact that the Lakers are already kind of accepting that challenge. They know what final boss sits there at the end of the road this season. They know what the, the, what the, what the path through the Western Conference is going to be like and which team is going to be sitting waiting for them if they want to get to the finals where they might face one of Milwaukee or Boston. They know what that's going to look like and they know the amount of work that's going to take to get there. But in this case the fact that they're willing to say like, yeah, we heard we heard you Mikey. We heard you Miguelito. You know, like I love I love the fact that AD of all people too cuz he was the person who also got kind of sort of Ripped to shreds in that series by Jokic, right? That was his guy at his position. Who only a couple of years prior, AD did that too. And now AD is talking about wanting to play 82 games. That's on my bingo card. Um, but you know, wanted to be to to figure more into the MVP conversation and all that stuff. Like it, it, this was this was the most confident I think I've heard AD talk in these in this kind of a setting. And and talk in a way that makes sense. It was it, it was a confidence that I could also buy into. And I don't mean shit. But everybody there who is watching and listening and, and reading these quotes and stuff, you feel it. Like you know it. You know exactly where where like last year there was a lot of like fake bravado, false bravado, and everybody just kind of like, God, shut up. Let's just get to the season. This year, though, it's just like you you hear the bravado and you say, All right kind of pump up your chest a little bit. Let's go. The third kind of macro uh, theme that I noticed in this thing was the continuity aspect of this stuff. Again, LeBron talked about camaraderie. AD talked about how this team feels closer than than in years past. And, uh, and then you look at the other role players who were talking about it as well. Um, and... And they're, they understand how important that continuity is going to be to their success. And, um, and, and the fact that, you know, a lot of times when you see this continuity, it, it can, you know, it, it, it's mostly a good thing. But it also is a repetition of the thing that fell short in the playoffs, right? And the nice thing about the way that the, the last season played out was it you're bringing over the core of that, of that team that fell short, got swept in the Western Conference Finals back, and you would say, like, well, why? But the reason why is because that group had only been together for a couple of months, and even within those couple of months, LeBron missed some time, D'Angelo Russell missed some time, AD wasn't hundred percent when LeBron got back, he clearly wasn't a hundred percent either. So you're looking at this core that yeah, fell short and the Lakers are not an organization that like welcomes the, the, the notion of the, uh, whatever the word is, uh, the, the term that I'm thinking of where, where you, the, the, uh, the moral victory, the Lakers do not, do not trade in moral victories. But in this case, though, you have the Lakers collectively say we saw the immediate shift when we sent Russ out and brought in a group of players that established depth, made some sense, helped optimize LeBron and AD, allowed themselves to be optimized by LeBron and AD. They saw that but also were able to acknowledge that was under suboptimal circumstances right the denver nuggets before they got into the playoffs had basically been in like second or third gear because they could they were that far up on the western conference they have been together for the amount of time that they've been together and by the time the, the 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 playoffs started and especially by the time they got to to facing the lakers they had enough reps to get there to get their focus back. And they were just, they were just a brutal team to try to beat. They were a very, very, very good team. But in this case, though, the Lakers are kind of looking at it and like, yeah, we brought back a team that fell short of, of our, our goal, but we have very quickly identified that goal. We are all very driven towards working towards that goal. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, like we, we understand if this is actually going to happen then we have to accept that challenge that I talked about in the last segment. And we do have to you know, take advantage of this continuity and build on the stuff that we saw last year. But it all starts with buying into the team concept and buying into the culture of competition and really fighting, scratching and clawing with each other in a positive way so that when it comes time to fight, scratch and claw against other teams in a more negative way, we are all doing so on the same page. So this continuity that, that, that everybody from the top down talked about, whether it was Rob Palenka last week or all of the players today, um, the, it, was, it was a theme and not in the same way that it felt like a talking point, but more a, a real, complete realization that can be very productive moving forward. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little learn more at marines.com The last kind of macro theme that I noticed here and it kind of go falls in line with the last segment but is continuity leading to selflessness. And look, competition within a roster requires sacrifice because at the end of that process where two guys are fighting for minutes that you know, it is kind of a, a zero-sum game. Um, at the end of that process, at the end of camp, somebody is going to win that role, a desired role, and somebody is going to have to accept the lesser role. And that competition will continue from that point forward, but it is going to require buy-in and selflessness selflessness and sacrifice to move forward. And, and what I really heard and saw um, from again, well, not necessarily the top down because LeBron and AD know exactly where they're playing. And I think Reeves knows that he's starting. And, um, and I think Russell, because of heart, uh, Darwin Ham's quotes also knows that he's starting. But beyond that though, everybody is, is, you know, somebody and and look, um, some of these guys they're all there's a lot of veterans and they've they've had their fair share of these things so you know what to say but the face betrays and um one moment that really kind of stood out to me was Christian Woods interview with Mike Bresnahan where um Mike Bresnahan is talking to him about how driven he is and and Christian Wood said that I am more driven this year than at any other point in my career other than perhaps like the year that, you know, the year that followed me getting undrafted. And this is going to, you know, this is the most engaged that he has been heading into a season since then. And part of that is contractual, right? His free agency didn't play out the way that he wanted it to. And that was said right there in like bright neon letters above his, above his name, right? I'm on a minimum contract. I don't want to be on these forever. Um, But it was also, you combine that with like, I am driven, but I want to win. I want to get to the playoffs. I want to to be in that situation for the first time. He said, and and I, I think that combination of the two things really kind of summed up the notion of selfless selflessness and and welcoming sacrifice, as they will all eventually have to, and um. Yeah, I, 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 when it comes to the things that you need to be successful at this level, especially given the caliber of teams at the very top of the league, the Lakers are going to have to be more the you know that they're going to have to be more than the sum of their parts, right? And and what you need to do, when, you know, for that to happen, is going to be buy-in, sacrifice, um, productive competition rooting for whoever wins out that role while also pushing that player to make that player better because of the competition that continues after that role is won. I'm a Vikings fan and um, you guys know how frustrated I've been with this uh, with this team just based off of my tweets for the last few weeks but you know it really stood out to me the very noted improvement from Alexander Madison right when Cam Akers showed up, right? And I think Akers is a better back anyway. I could talk about that whenever, but but pushing a player even though that player has a leg up in the rotation or in the depth chart. And in this case, like somebody like Gabe Vincent, yeah, sure. D'Angelo Russell's probably going to start at the very beginning of the year. But their training camp battles are going to be great. And I think at the end of those training camp battles, Gabe Vincent or D'Angelo Russell, whoever does officially start at the beginning of the season, um, that person who comes off of the bench, they are going to continue to push that player to get better. And the way that they're going to do so is to kick their ass in practice and say, Hey, I'm here. And if you ever slow up, if you ever take a deep breath here, I am willing and able to step in and, and, that is one of the benefits of the type of deep roster that the lakers have so that selflessness that sacrifice that was quietly probably my favorite part of what i saw play out uh, throughout the afternoon all right uh so i'm gonna go with the uh yeah there are no questions if you have any questions here in the comments uh, let me know, when I'll answer here in the in the last couple of minutes. Here, um, I do want to compare this to what's going on across the rest of the league because this stuff matters. You know, um, all these teams are undergoing the training camp that leads to the eighty-two game marathon that is followed with a sixteen win sprint to the finish. Finish, and you get through all of those things. So long as everybody in, and, and to the, to the extent that everybody is on the same page. And if you start in these settings and it's clear, you know, it's one thing for it to be clear to, to me, right. Where, uh, and, and other people covering the team where we can pick up on this stuff, man, like we can hear a fake answer when we hear it. Like there was a, there was an interview that Cam Reddish did with Mike Bresnahan that like was just awkward. Right. And, um, you know, it's clear that Cam Reddish is kind of like was given this opportunity, not given, but has this opportunity um, on the Lakers kind of sort of in part because of his, uh, you know, the agency that 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 represents him. And he's going to fight to kind of save his career, salvage his career and, like, that's why he's a Laker, right? And so when Mike Brezahan asked him, like, hey, why did you pick the Lakers? And he goes, well, it was kind of the best opportunity for me, and uh, I can't really get into it. We know. I I could see it right there through the TV screen. Mike probably knew it, felt it, and, and tried to move off of the question pretty quickly because he, they want to keep things light on the corporate partner. And then, you know, I would imagine scrums other reporters felt and, and, and saw that same kind of theme as well. And, and yeah, like I think with, uh, with, with something like that, like we can pick that up and the fans can pick that up. And that was just kind of an isolated example of like what last year felt like from start to finish of media day. And you look at some of these other media days that, that, that are going down, especially with some of the teams that, that uh, the Lakers are going to be competing with. And and yeah, like I saw a, a couple quotes and clips coming from like Chris Paul talking at, at, at this kind of a setting too. And it was like, huh, oh, all right. I don't know that he's fully bought into the concept of what they're selling him there. We'll see how that plays out. And it's nice here for the Lakers to just start all on the same page. and And, you know, as they hit into the season – Hope everybody stays healthy and and you're able to start, you know, the, the season quickly and they're going to have to. The opening to the season is is not particularly easy. So, um, yeah, sounds like we're looks like we don't have any questions. So I'm going to go ahead and and give my voice the mercy of sleep and hopefully get better because we are now in the season. We are going to uh, have a couple of shows to kind of deep dive and preview the season. And then we have the first game on Saturday, and it is right back to your typical schedule of lowdowns in the morning and a conversation in the afternoon. So until then, and until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and we will talk to you.